Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the National Code Enforcement Network. Today, we're bringing you two special guests from the American Association of Code Enforcement Officers. And first, we have uh, Tana Bryant from Aniston, Alabama. She is the Senior Code Enforcement Officer, and she also serves as uh, Second VP. And then we have Mr. Brian Wagner from Westerville, Ohio, who also serves on the ACE Board, and he is the first uh, vice president, uh, he is in charge of a uh, conference this year, and Tana is in charge of certification and education. So one of the reasons that we brought them on board is because um, they want, we want to give our members information on national certification and education. And Mr. Uh, Brian Wagner ran certification for a while, and Tana has been very instrumental in the education portion and education for uh, ACE members. So with that, good morning you two. Good morning. Good morning. So- all right, so we'll start off with Tana. Tana, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, how you started your uh, career path in code enforcement? Oh, boy, that's a story. So um, I've been doing this for almost 15 years now and with the city of Anniston. I'd never, ever done code enforcement before. I had no idea what it was. My dad, uh, when they lived in uh, Camp Verde, Arizona, he was the magistrate, and he would hear code enforcement cases. And, you know, he would tell me about some of these cases. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's kind of neat, you know. But again, I never thought that it would be anything that I would end up doing. Um, I have been here in, in Alabama for about 17 years. And the when I first moved here, it was to be with my girls. And uh, there was an ad that came out. And I decided, well, heck, that sounds interesting. I'm going to go ahead and apply, you know. And, so I got a call to come in and test. And then when I tested and I was in, you know, the top five on the civil service exam and got called for an interview, I was like, woohoo, you know, I mean, this is all new. And uh, when I interviewed, I told I was the first one to interview and, and there was four males that um, were going to be interviewing after me. And I told the city manager, I said, well, there's no point in you, you know, interviewing those other guys. I'm the person for the job, you know, so just go ahead and hire me now. And he said that, uh, well, I got to give them a chance. And so, you know, he did. Next thing I know, I get a phone call and a letter stating, you know, welcome aboard if you're interested. So um, had started out as a truck driver, had drove for 19 years cross country. And I was showing uh, Pete and Brian, and I'll show it here real quick. This is me with my purple Pete back in the day. Um, but I had, you know, traveled from Colorado to the West Coast, all the way to the East Coast, Northeast, uh, up in, you know, Bangor, Maine, and all the way down to Florida. So all over, and, and I love the traveling. But when we came out here, it was to take care of kids. And so I had to sell my truck and kind of give up on, you know, the driving, but my husband, you know, we still own his truck. And so he's still out there, you know, up and down the roads. And, and, um, so if I ever get the, the feel where I need to go start shifting 18 gears again, you know, I can just come and jump in his truck when he comes home, (laughs) but I, I love what I do now. It's, it's been a learning process. There was nobody in place here when I had started, uh, you know, nobody to train me, 
So it was like, okay. And I just started looking at, at books and, you know, asking everybody, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, am I supposed to go talk to people? Uh, uh, you know what? And so I thought, well, I better, you know, figure out on this property maintenance code because I knew they had adopted it and was looking through ICC. And I thought, well, man, I better go take that exam. And I did a couple months after I was hired and I passed and I'm like, oh, cool. This is great. You know, and so I just kept building on that and trying to learn as much as I could, you know, so that I knew what I was talking about, studied the, the city ordinances and and helping people understand what the code was here. And in the process, I was learning, too. So, you know, it uh, it was different, but it, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, I, I thoroughly enjoy code enforcement. So. Um, so before you joined uh, Code Enforcement, what was your idea of Code Enforcement? What, what do you think they did? Uh, I just think, you know, from some of the stuff that my dad had told me, some of the cases, you know, almost like they were the sign Nazis, you know, and uh, <laughs> going out there with all these signs that were plastered everywhere and, and you know, going after people and trash on their property. And, and I'll tell you what was really, really hard for me was – when I started here and then I started really noticing things, I started noticing trash on property or I started noticing, you know, a few signs here or whatever. And it got to the point that I almost needed blinders to go down the street because it was like, I, you know, all this was new to me and I kept seeing it everywhere. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is awful. You know? <laughs> so I, I just had to figure out exactly what it was. Look up the definition. What is code enforcement? You know, and then I got involved with ACE and, and talked to people there and went to a few conferences to learn more so that, you know, I could better educate myself on what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, what's pretty interesting is, um, and, and I'm pretty sure Brian can relate to this, is uh, when you take trips to other cities, you start noticing how the lack of code enforcement. You know? <laughs> so, um, so with that, I'll, I'll jump over to Brian. So, Brian, can you tell us your origin story? Because I know, it, to me, it's always fascinating to hear how people go, got into code enforcement. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, I, I used to teach a marketing class and say, hey, this is the perception of code enforcement. And I show a picture of the breakfast club. You know, we're all so unique and different. So, you know, and we're all different personalities. We come from different backgrounds and we're in different locations and demographics. So how, how did you get into uh, code enforcement, uh, Brian? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Pete. Uh, thanks for having me. And I love Tana's story. I wish my story was as exciting as Tana's, but it's not. But um, <laughs> uh, I, I, was con I, I was reminiscing as Tana was telling her story about how um, my thoughts on code enforcement have, ch have changed over time. And I always thought that it was a weakness that code enforcement doesn't have a strict path like other professions have. There's one path if you want to become a doctor. There's one path if you want to become an engineer or a social worker or a lawyer. And um, I always thought that that was a weakness. However, uh, I've, I've gone a full 180, and I believe that it is a strength, and it brings a diversification to our profession that otherwise we we wouldn't have. And um, yeah, so so my my story. Uh, I'm in my 29th year in uh, code enforcement. It's crazy to think that I've been in this profession that long. And I was uh, going to. Uh, I was um, uh, a student at Ohio State University. And I was working part-time as a park ranger, uh, which, of course, we all know is a type of code enforcement. 
except for enforcing a park code, not a zoning code or a property maintenance or building code. Uh, that was a great job. Loved that job. Uh, but when I graduated, there was no full-time jobs available. And I was getting married at the time. And I really needed a full-time job. And I really ne- needed benefits. And there is a there's an opening for an animal control officer. So I, I, t- I uh, submitted my application. I was hired. And I tell you, Pete and Tana, I was the worst animal control officer you ever was. <laughs> and I was there for about a year. Uh, but having that position, number one, it really taught me how to write tickets because I was in court like every week um, Mm -hmm. as an animal control officer. And the other thing it did is it it taught me the county. Uh, Prior to that, I only knew how to get from my house down to Ohio State University and back. I didn't know anything else in in, in the county. Uh, So it introduced me to our court system and it introduced me to the geography of the county, which was great. And um, we had an internal job posting. And now that I'm a Working for animal control, I'm a county employee. I have access to these internal postings for a zoning enforcement officer. Had no idea what zoning was. Um, threw my hat in the ring, and they hired me. I have no idea why they hired me. And 29 years later, here here I am. <laughs> I um, had an opportunity to work for about six years as a zoning officer for the county that I live in, and then. I uh, worked as a uh, code enforcement officer for a small suburb here in central Ohio. Then I worked for our um, court system for six years, and I really like that. Uh, We have a specialty court here in the county I live in that specializes in housing code violations and um, environmental violations. It's called an environmental court, but it handles all, in addition to environmental issues, it handles all housing code issues, all animal control issues. Uh, all Clean Air, Clean Water Act issues. And I worked there for six years, really enjoyed it, had a lot of interaction with code enforcement officers in in our community, but I missed it. I really missed um, the uh, job, and I had an opportunity to apply for the city I'm with right now. It's the city of Westerville, Ohio. Uh, This is the city I grew up in, and uh, I've been with this city for, uh, for 10 years now. I just started my 10th year. I love this city. This is a great city to do code enforcement in. Um, we have a lot of um, uh, neat, neat historical facts uh, in this city. Uh, it's very old. It was first settled back in the 1800s and was incorporated back in the 1850s. Uh, we were voted uh, as America's best suburb by Movoto magazine. Uh, we were named the best place to live by Money Magazine. We were America's friendliest town by Forbes. Uh, we were very involved in the Underground Railroad, but one of my favorite tidbits of the city of Westerville, Ohio, is that we were once known as the dry capital of the world, which for code enforcement, you know, I, you know, this job forces us to drink. So that, that, that piece of history might not be well received by the members in our code profession. But we were um, the, the, the national headquarters for the Anti-Saloon League back in the early 1900s, and we were responsible for getting the 18th Amendment adopted, which was prohibition. And of course, we know a couple of years later, it was uh, it was repealed by the uh, by the what is it, 21st Amendment. Uh, but I love this city, uh, love, and I love our our profession. You know, one of the things that uh, we see that, like I said, it's, it was so diverse. And you, you're saying that you didn't know what a code enforcement uh, zoning officer was, and Tana didn't know what really code enforcement was. And when you think about it, a lot of our constituents don't know what code enforcement is. They don't even know what we do. 
is that people in our own city don't know what we do. So, you know, this is the one thing I love about ACE is that we get to we get to educate the public on what it is that we do. One of the reasons that we do this show and bring folks like you guys on is we really want to showcase, you know, what it is that we do and why we do it. And, you know, I love bringing people with the passion of code enforcement here. Now, both of you serve on the American Association of Code Enforcement, and it's a national board, and it's uh, dedicated to the enhancement of our profession. Now, how did you um, just just kind of a little bit? Let's go back to Tana. Tana, how did you get involved with ACE? And you know, if and I know you're involved with your state association as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the progression from going to state and and um, the national board and how you juggle both of them? Because I know you're active in both. Right. Um- Basically, what I did was I had, uh, you know, looked online and and was looking for associations um, that were involved in code enforcement and came across the American Association. And so I thought, well, I want to go to a conference and checked with my superior at the time. And, hey, they were all for it. You know, they believed in getting more training. And and so I went and I want to say my first conference was 2008. In 2009, um, I was actually submitted uh, for a nomination as a code enforcement officer of the year because I was so passionate here in Anniston about wanting to clean up Anniston. And even though this sounds negative, one of the things that we have to look at here in Anniston, we were considered toxic town because we had the Monsanto um, factory here. There was a lot of pollutants that were dumped into groundwater back in the day. So uh, we've seen like a mass exodus from, you know, an area of town and then the remnants of what's left because everybody wanted out of here. Um, of which, you know, now you you wouldn't see that, you wouldn't know that unless you, you know, Googled Aniston or, or something, but, um, and then, I, you know, I really loved the, the conference. I, it was just, wow, I was getting so much information and note-taking and going back and wanting to try stuff here. And, and that's what the conferences are about is networking and talking to people and find out what works for them and what may work for me and, and here in Anniston. And then um, 2010, I was nominated again and was the Code Enforcement Officer of the Year for ACE which was a huge honor. Um, and I was real excited about it. And, and the same year, 2010, I was also employee of the year for the city of Amiston. So, you know, I, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but when you're passionate about something and you want to improve and you want to, you know, see things change, you have to be the one to, you know, facilitate the change. You've got to be the one that wants to see better and and to do better and, you know, inform the public. This is why I do what I do. I'm not just that blonde haired lady riding around in the white truck. You know, I'm out there trying to educate. And actually from there, then I got involved with the East Alabama code officials and um, had served as, you know, worked my way up in that organization, served as president, the first female president of East Alabama. And then from there, because Alabama has sub-chapters, um, I went to the, the founding ICC chapter of the Code Officials Association. And I've been on that board for many, many years. Um, I'm the secretary, well, I'm, I 
was the secretary treasurer. I have now just, you know, been treasurer and we have um, a, brought in a secretary who's a great gal. And it's a dynamic organization. It's one that I'm trying to push some more code enforcement through. We get a lot of people that come to the code officials conference that, you know, want more training on, on code enforcement because Alabama has no regulation for code enforcement officers. There's nothing. So I get jurisdictions that, you know, will call up or email me. Hey, Tana, can you teach a class on property maintenance? Hey, can you teach a class on zoning? Can you help explain to, you know, our employees what exactly, you know, that you do and, and what do they need to be doing? And, you know, I love it. I go and I never have a problem talking. So uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go and, and, you know, hold it virtually or I'll go to, um, you know, a group and, and speak. So... I've just tried to better myself through the years to give myself more knowledge because you don't know what you don't know. And unless you want to learn and unless, you know, somebody tells you something and if I don't know it, it's like, wow, Hey, let me go check that out. I'll get back with you on it. And then I'll go and I'll try to find out, you know, what it is. Um, or, in the case where it may not pertain to me or code enforcement for my, you know, person say, I'll, pawn it off on uh, whoever it might, you know, be best to answer, you know, the questions. So. No. And, and one of the things that I, you know, in getting to meet, you're very passionate. You, you two are the dynamic duo when it comes to the IPNC and the zoning code. I mean, you two are always, we even did a flyer for ACE of the beauty of the beast, which is you know, <laughs> nobody got it other than you guys, but, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, you know, um, you, you're passionate about the zoning code and, and the IPNC. So it's Brian, it, you know, and, and it goes to um, one of the things that people may not know that a lot of these ICC courses that are in code enforcement, it's, it's good for building officials to, take these courses and learn about code enforcement and expand their knowledge. Because a lot of times, like I, you know, like I stated earlier, some of these uh, building inspectors don't really know what code enforcement do. Um, you right. know, some of the uh, folks, the engineering folks don't know. Um, you know, so we have to educate them. And, and one of the things that we do offer is uh, the ability to take code enforcement classes uh, through ICC and people can certify their own, you know, whatever um, certification they have in order to, and learn something about code enforcement on the way there. So with that, uh, Brian, can, can you tell us your journey into um, into uh, ACE? And and then we'll talk about your different positions and what they do and, and things. And then we'll talk about EduCode because that's coming up too. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And and just for clarification, in the Beauty and the Beast, I was the beast. <laughs> and I was the beast. No, I thought I was. <laughs> So, yeah, um, there's so many times when you talk to um, uh, code enforcement professionals and they say, you know, when they were first hired, uh, especially in the smaller jurisdictions or the, or the medium-sized jurisdictions, they felt alone. They never really had a lot of training. There's so many times I hear I was handed the keys to the car and a code book and I was told to go out and enforce. And I had a similar experience. I mean, I had a very good uh, supervisor. Um who's still in, in um, she, she was a city planner and she's still working right now for a different jurisdiction, but she was a great trainer. But um, I did feel alone though. And so I, I, I started in code enforcement uh, as a zoning enforcement officer in 1996. And I, I did feel very alone, didn't have a lot of networking opportunities. 
And I joined our state association. I can't remember exactly when, but I want to say it was sometime in the early 2000s. So I had worked several years without um, without being uh, involved in the code enforcement uh, network. And then I attended my first EDUCODE back in 2005. And I was immediately, um, I immediately understood the value of continuing education. And right after that, I got my uh, IPMC certification and my IZC uh, certification in 2006. Um, and I, but I, I didn't join ACE until around, I want to say 2012. And I was really frustrated. Um, I, I don't know exactly when I first, first found out about ACE. Um, but when I did join, I was really frustrated that I didn't join earlier. Um, uh, and I was frustrated. I didn't join my, my state uh, association earlier than I did too, because it made me a better code enforcement professional. Um, uh, I attended my first ACE conference uh, in 2014. I think that was the Chicago conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that conference will always um, have a special place for me because that was the conference where I took the legal uh, module and the management module and Tana was there and, you know, I was really anxious. I was really nervous about it. And she was trying to psych me up. Oh, you got this. You got this. <laughs> but that was when that, that class was one class. Now it's two separate classes. When I took it, it was one class. The so I had like, uh, yeah, the, the reference materials. It was, and so when I was flying out there, I had all the books in my carry-on. And I had so many books. It made my, my carry-on go overweight and I had to pay a penalty. So I was really mad. So when I was coming back, I said, I'm going to put all my books in my in my carry-on, not my checked luggage. My my checked luggage went overweight and I had to pay a fine. So I, I said, I'm going to put all my 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 reference materials in my carry-on so I don't get dinged on that penalty again. And then uh, because, you know, of course, O'Hare, bad weather, my flight gets canceled. I had to spend the night in O'Hare because there's no <laughs> hotel rooms. And I was lugging that carry-on bag with all the books. And it was, it felt like it was 50 or 60 pounds. And I had bruises in my shoulders. <laughs> and luckily I did pass. Um, yes. So at least I, 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 I did get something for, for the pain. Um, but then I was so really, proud of you too. You know, <laughs> I really appreciated uh, Tana's mentorship. It meant a lot to me. And I, I want to say somewhere, I can't remember when, somewhere around 2015-ish, 2016-ish, I can't remember when, I ran for 8th Sergeant in Arms. And I was defeated by the amazing uh, Janita uh, Hatley from Norman, Oklahoma, who was in, who was an amazing sergeant in arms and she served several terms as the sergeant in arms. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but thereafter I, I uh, uh, was, uh, was selected to serve uh, with Tana on one of ICC's exam development committees. That's a great experience. In fact, I'm in my last term on that exam development committee right now. And then I ran uh, for a second uh, vice president uh, 2019, I think. And I was very humbled to have been, um, elected uh, by our membership to serve as second VP, and I'm even humbled now uh, to just uh, I'm in my first term as the ACE first vice president. Um, it's very rewarding, and I feel very lucky to be in this position. And, you know, one of one of the things that I got to experience, I joined the ACE board maybe two three years ago, 
And, you know, I came in just kind of like on a whim. Somebody asked me, hey, come on in. I'm like, okay. You know, Uh, so I ended up joining Ace. And it's one of the best experiences because I get to meet a lot of people nationwide. You know, I'm talking to you in Ohio. I'm talking to uh, Tana in Alabama. You know, last week I was talking to um, somebody in California. So, I mean, it's 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 so awesome that we get to communicate with each other. Is to me, it's just it's just I mean, it's just awesome. We're in different time zones, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you're. I know. I had to check that. <laughs> yes, I did get a call early in the morning from Tana saying, "Hey, where are you at?" I'm like, "Hey, it's five in the morning." <laughs> so, but I don't sleep. So, yeah, but. End of the day, you know, one of the things that comes across on this ACE board is the passion that all of you guys have for code enforcement. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just very refreshing. It's you know being able to see you guys and and just experience what the the generosity that you give with your knowledge. It's it's just awesome. So you know, so Tana, she sits as um, right now. She's the current second VP. She's in charge of education and certification. Uh, she's I've done EduCode for uh, several years and, you know, I got to experience, I think I was there for your first EduCode. Uh, I think so, uh, yeah. yeah. I think I taught a class on short-term rentals or marketing. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was teaching, but, you know, it was the best experience. That was my first time at EduCode. Uh, my first time at the conference was in Colorado. I got to meet uh, both of you guys, which was awesome. And so uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into education, um, what it is that, um, that ACE strives to achieve with the education uh, program? Well, um, going back to EduCode here real quick, I'm the education liaison and the EduCode conference is for all uh, of the trades. It's for plumbing, electrical, building, fire, uh, code enforcement. So I'm in charge of the um, week long classes that are code enforcement related and getting the instructors there. And, and, you know, one of the biggest things, and I keep preaching this every year. um, And I don't know if people are just afraid to say something or what, because even if it's not a class being taught at Educode, it could be a class that is taught um, at ACE. It could be a virtual class that could be offered to a group or a state or whatever. But I always ask people, what is it that you want to see? What do you want to learn about? What interests you? Let me know so that, you know, I can help facilitate that. Um, I'm a huge proponent on education. And I think that's why, for me, the second VP uh, position is a good fit because I do get to help people. You know, I get to answer their questions in regards to certifications. What exams do they need to take? What books, you know, how should they prep for an exam? Um, even though a lot of that information may be on ICC's website because ACE and ICC have partnered together and the exams are administered through ICC. But when you pass your property maintenance and zoning, those are ACE, ACE developed those exams years and years ago and then um, approached ICC. And that's how we became a partnership. So it's for me being able to answer questions for people. Um, nobody can ever have too much knowledge. There may be people who don't want to learn. Maybe they're just comfortable in the position that they're in. Maybe they don't see, um, you know, in chance for advancement in their future. Um, I just feel that 
times are changing. You know, back in the day, we didn't have drones. You know, now there's drones out there. There's legal issues involved with, you know, the use of drones. That's stuff that we all need to be aware of. Times are changing. So we need to keep abreast of the current laws, the ordinances. Back, you know, years ago, we didn't have marijuana enforcement. We don't have that here in Alabama in the Bible Belt. But, you know, for a lot of states that do have uh, legalized marijuana, now you've got officers, code enforcement officers that are having to enforce illegal grows that bit. So you've got to have education on how to do that. You can't just stick a code enforcement officer out in the middle of the woods and say, you know, go look for your illegal grows or, you know, because those are very dangerous situations. Safety is a huge uh, thing right now, too, with code enforcement officers, uh, any first responders. So it's things that we need to be aware of. We need to be up on as far as protecting ourselves so that we can go home each day to our families. Um, So I'm, you know, anything that I can do to help somebody advance, to help somebody grow, to help somebody learn more, then I'm all for it. Just ask me and we'll figure it out. We'll, you know, learn together if it's stuff that I don't know. Because see, for me, in the case with the marijuana grows or anything, I don't have that down here. But it's very interesting because it's a changing of the times. You know, only a couple of states had it. Now more states have added it. So that's coming across. And so I'm going to need to to know about things like that. Um, I just feel that people really, you don't need to stagnate. Because when you stagnate, you know, you get lackadaisical. You aren't as aware of your surroundings. You just, you know, maybe you're not the best um, that you could possibly be at telling someone why they need to do something because there's always good ways to do it. You know, you can always learn. You may be using an approach that has worked, you know, for you for your whole career, but here's somebody else is doing it, you know, a different way or just a change up of words. Um, that helps people understand too, wow, well, maybe I'll try that. Maybe my compliance rates will go up. So, uh, you know, whatever I can do to help people um, better themselves is is what I'm about because then I better myself too. Yeah. So, so one, one of the things that uh, Brian uh, talked about earlier was the different types of enforcement like stormwater and, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about marijuana. You know, in California, we have some migrant housing enforcement, you know, mm-hmm. um, mobile home park enforcement. I mean, there's in Ohio, um, yeah. large parlor enforcement. I mean, there's so many different types of enforcement now, you know, and, and it's, you can't really get certified in all things. So, but, you know, but at least you get exposure to some of these uh, types mm-hmm. of things. And this is one thing that ACE is so good at bringing national trainers in and talking about these different issues. So, you know, you know, maybe hurricane preparedness that I won't deal with in California, we might deal with uh, somewhere else. And I think it's so important for us to continue this education. So now, um, uh, Brian, you uh, worked on a lot with certification. Can you tell us a little bit about the different types of certifications, what they are and, you know, what the committee, maybe talk a little bit about the ACE Committee on Certification and what they do and, you know, what uh, what a certification means to an individual. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, Pete. Um, so the um, generally for new code enforcement uh, professionals just getting into the uh, profession, 
Tina and I recommend that you take a look at, in addition to any state certifications that your specific state might have, look at the um, ACE and ICC property maintenance and housing inspector certification, and also look at the ACE and ICC zoning inspector certification. Um, th these are great certifications to have, and it makes you um, a more valuable employee, not only to the jurisdiction, not only to your own jurisdiction, but it makes you a more valuable candidate if you're looking around for other uh, jobs in other jurisdictions. And then the really cool thing is when you get your property maintenance certification and your zoning certification, you are now, you've now met both prerequisites to become a certified code enforcement officer. And all that is, is an additional application that you have to complete and an application fee. And provided that you keep your underlying property maintenance and zoning certifications in good standing, then you're, you're a certified code enforcement officer. And then the next step in the, the that's the acronym for that is CCEO, Certified Code Enforcement Officer. And then once you get those under your belt, uh, we encourage you to look at the Certified Code Enforcement Administrator uh, certification. And what that is, is in addition to the property maintenance and housing certification and in addition, in, in addition to the um, the zoning inspector certification that adds the management module in the legal module. And if you pass those and continue to keep all those underlying certifications in good standing through continuing education, now you are a certified code enforcement administrator and the acronym is CCEA, but we're not done yet. So, uh, as Tana said, uh, it's it's in this profession. It's it's we're we're about lifelong learning, and the next step is the master code enforcement professional. And this is a new newer uh, credential that Tana created when she was the the second vice president. Her first time, she was second vice president. Tana and, and committee now, and not just Tana. <laughs> and so, in addition to everything you need to be a certified code enforcement administrator, you add to that the the NIMS courses. And if you're not familiar with that, it's the National Incident Management Systems classes offered by FEMA. Because, yeah, you're right, uh, Pete and Tana. We 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 um, we, uh, we we enforce so many different uh, different types of codes, Pete. You've uh, referred to our profession as, as the junk drawer of, of mm -hmm. the city because each uh, each city uh, code enforcement department or village code enforcement department, uh, they, they enforce a separate different types of codes. But one thing we have in common across the entire country is we're all susceptible to a disaster. Now, it could be a natural disaster. It could be a... Um, uh, you know, airplane disaster or helicopter crash or chemical disaster. Or, uh, we're all susceptible to that. And so the NIMS courses provide a framework in how to properly respond to these disasters. And it's just another 
service that we as code enforcement professionals can provide to our jurisdiction to say, hey, look, uh, fire chief, look, police chief, in the in, in the unfortunate uh, circumstance that there is a disaster in our community, I've gone through this training and I'm available if you need to retask me and have me do something else other than my, my normal job. So... Um, uh, in order to become a master code enforcement professional, in addition to everything you need for the CCEO and CCEA, you need to complete the um, five uh, five NIMS courses, one, two, uh, six, forgive me, six NIMS courses. And you also need to complete the residential uh, building inspector um, certification. And once you complete those two things, in addition to your CCEO and CCEA pre prerequisites, so you're now... Uh, eligible to become a master code enforcement professional. We have about 25 or so master mm -hmm. code enforcement professionals across the country. It's the highest uh, credentialing we have in our um, in our profession right now, and um, it's a rarefied air. We don't have a lot of master code enforcement professionals right now. That is awesome, and and just having that goal is just awesome and you know people really need to understand the importance of the irc and knowing uh you know basic uh, building inspection techniques and knowing what to see when they they're out in the field because you know in in code enforcement we're so diverse some of us only do zoning some of us don't only do prop exterior property maintenance and some of us do interior interior inspections now in california you know all code enforcement divisions starting July 1st, 2022 will have to conduct interior inspections if they get a call. That's not normal in, in many states. In many states, they're like, no, we only deal exterior, nothing interior. So, you know, code enforcement officers in California will have to get a little bit more versed on interior inspections and knowing some of the uh, IRC regulations and what isn't supposed to be there. Uh, it is really important. So uh, I applaud for um, bringing that into consideration when it comes to uh, master code professionals. You, you should know the IRC which is something that a lot of code officers don't use, and but it's really needed. And I think um, ACE is really paving the way to help with that initiative. So, okay. you know, that's awesome. Now, um, let's go back to EDUCODE, Tana. Now, with EDUCODE, it's in Las Vegas. It's normally yeah. held at the New Orleans. It's a week-long. It's a week-long course. Um, if you've never been there, it's one of the biggest uh, ICC events other than the uh, ABM, the annual business meeting, and it's uh, you have thousands of people attend, and it's it's awesome. Uh, oh, it I, is. I love it. Rooms are pretty uh, uh, affordable. It's mm -hmm. an affordable hotel. Um, uh, it's hosted by the Southern Nevada chapter of ICC, mm -hmm. a great group. Uh, we're going to have Alan Ellis on this program in in about a week or two. Oh, good, good. Code specific. Yeah, so um, Alan, uh, you know, he's the director of EDUCODE, and he's really hands-on and works with ACE as far as um, um, allowing Tana to come up with some of the uh, uh, ACE and, you know, uh, some of the uh, course uh, programs. So mm -hmm. it, it's good stuff. And uh, what do we have this year at uh, EDUCODE? Well, we're going to have uh, courtroom uh, procedures for code enforcement officers. We're going to have uh, landlord-tenant relations and how it relates to code enforcement, um, code enforcement and your community. 
what it means, you know, for your community. We're going to have uh, some safety uh, classes. We're also going to have um, a class on human trafficking. That is a huge, huge issue right now. And because um, like with us, we go in and do interior inspections and sometimes these properties are occupied. Sometimes we may have a vacant house that is occupied. So there may be uh, trafficking situations. So we're going to learn about that because we could be frontline um, people in notifying the proper authorities as to, you know, when we come across something like that, just to, you know, look out for it. This is the 25th anniversary um, of Educode. And Alan and I were talking here a couple weeks ago. ACE has been with Educode those 25 years. Wow. We have been there since they started this Educode conference. And so we're really excited to still be partnering with them. Um, we're going to have kind of a round table, you know, been there, done that, uh, where people can have a chance to ask questions, um, learn from other code enforcement officers. Um, let's see, we're going to have, uh, Thank goodness I'm not having to do zoning this time, so <laughs> I'll save that for Ace. <laughs> but this uh, this conference here is going to be uh, both virtual and in person. So um, if you can't make it out to Educode, maybe you have travel restrictions still through work, you'll be able to go online and still see, you know, get your classes and, uh, set up and then uh, attend those classes virtually. Last year was the first year that Educode had ever done a virtual conference. And huge shout out to ACE's uh, management company, The Solution, uh, Dot was able to work with Alan and, and the team at, at Educode to get that conference online. And it turned out great. I mean, this is, again, it's something all new, you know, for us where we've always had in-person conferences and now we have the ability to go virtual. So this is going to be exciting. I've never done a conference that has been both virtual and in-person. So I don't know if all the instructors are going to have to stand in a box so they don't move out of camera view or <laughs> how it's going to go, but uh, it's going to be really exciting. So, And, speaking, and, and speaking of the conference, uh, so uh, Brian sits as first BP. He is now in charge of conference. Uh, Barbara Burlingame, um, you know, she was here last week and she talked about ACE and this year it's going to be in Atlanta. So, you know, those are some big shoes to fill there, Brian. So, uh, you know, she's done, she's pretty uh, versed on, on these conferences. So what, what can we see at this year's conference that some, some of the planning stages can give us a sneak peek on what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, T Tana can uh, testify uh, giving, uh, given her involvement with Educode. As soon as you're done with the conference, you immediately start planning for the next one. There's no, there's no uh, downtime. So yeah, we're uh, rocking and rolling on the uh, ACE conference right now. This is the 33rd annual ACE conference, and um, we move around where Educode stays in uh, the Orleans in, in Vegas. We move around. Uh, Pete, as you said, it'll be in Atlanta, Georgia this year. It's um, going to be in Orlando next year. And I don't think we've yet determined where it's going to be the, the year after. We'll probably. 24, we're still talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we, we have about three quarters of the classes scheduled already. Lots of neat classes, uh, including uh, a hoarding class. Uh, tactical communications, a skip tracing class, 
The um, Tana will be presenting her crash course to the International Zoning Code. We'll also have the CAT crash course to the International Property Maintenance Code. And what's really cool about the ACE conference is the last day of the conference will be um, testing. So if you want to take the crash course for property maintenance or zoning or maybe another class, then you can immediately turn around and take that um, that exam while it's fresh in your mind. The uh, conference is October 18th, 19th, and 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. We don't yet have the information on the uh, ACE website, which is ace1.org, ace1.org. But we'll have the information posted very, very soon, as soon as we get the class scheduled solidified. And I'm very excited uh, to let everybody know we have a, a, a new class that we've never offered before. And I don't even want to um, say it now, just in case for some reason it doesn't happen. But uh, we're really excited about some new classes that we've never had before regarding um, uh, m mental health and self-care for the code enforcement officer. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I mean, us as code enforcement officers, we see so much stuff out there. And, you know, sometimes we experience some pretty gnarly stuff. I mean, you know, we, we deal with, uh, like, some hoarders that end up dying in the house, uh, you know, homes that catch fire, uh, garage conversions that were done very, um, very improper and catch fire and there's fatalities. And a lot of times they're residents that we deal with all the time. And, you know, and, and that stresses on you. You know, I always uh, tell folks, hey, sometimes we need to kind of vent. You know, we, we see some crazy stuff. We assist uh, law enforcement all the time. And sometimes we get to see what they see. Um, you know, we, we're not like, you know, we don't go in there guns a blazing, you know, like they do. But, you know, we get to experience what you know, the aftermath of a lot of stuff. Uh, and and it's tragic because we see uh, issues where, you know, there's children out there that are, you know, malnourished or not being taken care of. And we have to um, or sometimes we have to report that stuff to, to the proper authorities. So we see some crazy stuff and it's important to sit back and, you know, and really take care of ourselves because it, it's so important. I mean, as passionate as we are about our, our profession, mm -hmm. the reality is, you know, our jobs can be dangerous at times, you know, and they can be stressful because, you know, when, when I talk to folks, you know, I have to remember sometimes that we are impacting their life. You know, at the end of the day, we go home to our families and we're like, oh, OK, but these folks are stressing about what they're going through. And, you know, and, and a good code officer has empathy towards that. And that weighs on you when you have like 10, 20 cases that you're dealing with that you're affecting people's lives. Yeah, it begins to weigh on you. So, you know, having that outlet and being able to um, use the proper tools to mentally take care of yourself is so important and i applaud ace for uh you know for working on getting these types of courses for self-improvement in code officers mm -hmm. you know and even um uh, you know uh, having leadership classes or having uh people talk about you know inspiring each other to be better because in this profession we have to we have to elevate each other. I mean we we just have to you know the days of you know like hey I'm hoarding all the information you know, those days are over. I think with Ace, they do such a good job, especially with the uh, with the check-ins. You know, we try to talk to our code officers across the nation to see what their concerns are, what they're doing, what they're you know, and and 
Barbara was on here last week and she talked about that stuff. It's so important and the passion on the whole board really radiates through. And, you know, I appreciate both of you guys for all the work that you guys do. So, you know, thank you for, for that. So, Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Now, this, is, this is one of those things, you know, talking about uh, the mental health, just real quick here, um, because we are dealing with homeless, um, you know, not just there's a lot of mental health issues with homeless so even though we need some mental health too um you know to be able to process what we're seeing you know what's going on we've got to learn how to deal with the people too you know we're not social workers although we do all have those people that think we are <laughs> and want to talk our ears off and you know explain their life story to us but we need to learn how to be able to deal with people that are suffering with mental health issues. You know, you just don't treat them like, you know, the same person you would up the street that has no um, obvious mental health uh, crisis going on in their life. So the ACE has done a fantastic job, Barb and Brian and, and everybody in bringing mental health to the forefront because it's one of those things that a lot of people like to sweep under the rug, you know, that oh, we don't want to talk about mental health. We don't want to talk about crazy Aunt Betty over there that's, you know, the hoarder and all of that. Um, it just helps us be better at what we're doing. So to understand situations and to understand ourselves and the feelings that we're feeling, like you said, Pete, in having to deal with a lot of this and seeing what we see. It's not, not easy, you know, and we're the catch-all. We yeah. kind of... They don't know where it goes. Call code enforcement. They'll handle it. <laughs> Junk drawer. You know, I, I always say, you know, sometimes, um, you know, if we're used correctly, we can be, uh, you know, uh, a Swiss army knife, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and it goes to a point where, you know, sometimes we, we're the referee, we're the moderator, we're the mediator, we're the therapist, <laughs> we're, yep. we're the long last, uh, you know, daughter or son, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, one day, you know, you, you're the scum of the earth. The other next day, somebody's trying to marry you off to their daughter. <laughs> you know, I've had it all. So, you know, but, you know, end of the day, I, I say we always have to treat people with uh, care and compassion. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm a real big proponent on compassionate code enforcement uh, versus the authoritative because we're there to educate folks. Because just like us, a lot of us never knew what code enforcement was. A lot mm -hmm. of our constituents don't. So it's our job to educate and, and be able to bring that uh, knowledge to, you know, our city ordinances to, to our folks. And I think right. That's and that's, that's ideal because see, it's like with my code enforcement officers, you know, I try to let them know that, Hey, when you go out and talk to somebody, you're not going out there and you're not slamming down the gavel. You know, you're trying to understand what got them to that point and help them find the solution, you know, to get out of it. So you have to be compassionate. So that's great, Pete, and bringing that up. You know, uh, speaking of social worker, I, I, I'd uh, be remiss if I didn't bring this up. One thing I'm so proud about in our uh, jurisdiction is a partnership that we've created with uh, social workers. So I'm, I'm in a small department, uh, but I have been blessed in that my city administration has always provided me with an intern. And traditionally, the intern position would go to a city and regional planning student or a criminal justice student um, or a building sciences student. Uh, but back in 2019, we started offering the position to social workers. So now we have, and it's a licensed person that's already licensed as a social work worker that's gone back to school. 
uh, to get their master's or their doctoral degree in uh, social work. So now it's created a situation where we have an embedded social worker with our code enforcement officers responding to these complaints. In fact, this would probably be a great subject for another podcast. You know, I could could talk easily an hour on this uh, social work partnership that we have, but it's it's been it's been all of our experiences that the that the code violation is often symptomatic of something deeper, and if you don't address that root cause, then that code violation is never going to get corrected. And it's been uh, so um, rewarding to to uh, uh, have a uh, social work uh, social work uh, uh, intern on staff to help us uh, identify those root causes and connect those unmet needs with uh, resources that are available in the community. That is awesome. Hey, Pete, can I um, just brag on the ACE accreditation program? Yeah. Yeah. Um, ACE is very, very pleased um, to offer an accreditation for a code enforcement division. And we've got a dynamic, um, accreditation committee that reviews these. These are not, you know, simple little applications. These are very detailed. Brian's on the committee as well. Um, Huge shout out to uh, Scott Newmeyer with the city of Plano, Texas. Um, He was very, very instrumental in putting the wording together. Um, It's different than an ICC accreditation. It's different than uh, an accreditation a police department would go through. It is strictly for code enforcement. And we have half a dozen uh, jurisdictions that are accredited agencies, and you do have to maintain that accreditation every three years. You have to submit your reports, your yearly uh, updates. But um, so far, Florida's leading the way on accreditation. And it's, it's one of those things that when you have a department and you want to prove to your um, elected officials, your public or anything else, please take a chance, you know, take an opportunity to look through the accreditation packet that ACE has out there. What better way than to say, hey, our code enforcement department or our division is an accredited code enforcement division. So um, we ask for all kinds of things. And the files are usually so big they have to come in through Dropbox because uh, you can't just email them. But Brian has um, you know, looked at a lot of these. Well, he's been on the committee since the get-go. So, yeah, there's Florida. Hi, Marla. Um but, you know, we're just, we're very, very excited to offer that. There has never been an accreditation uh, before for code enforcement. So thanks to ACE, we now have one and we're looking forward to seeing some more applications come in. So just a, just a, just a quick segue on that one. What, what are some of the requirements that you may be looking for in order to approve accreditation? So some of these jurisdictions have a you know, can kind of wrap their head around. Are you looking for policies, procedures, uh, Mm -hmm. um, you know, training? Training, um, the size of your jurisdiction, the, um, uh, you know, your population, but your, uh, the biggest thing is policies and procedures. Are they complete Um, programs? How many employees do you have? Your um, employee handbook per se, the um, role of your 
division leader, manager, uh, your senior code enforcement, your code enforcement officers. Um, so it's it's very, very detailed and everything is laid out um, in the accreditation packet. So I just, I highly encourage any jurisdiction, please, you know, if you're on this podcast, go pull that information, give it to your supervisor, say, hey, let's try to, you know, become an accredited agency with ACE. Let's show everybody that, you know, we do know what we're talking about. We do have training. You know, because we want to see the training that's offered for those uh, code officers in that jurisdiction. Um, you know, what agencies or what uh, associations do you belong to? Are you state certified? You know, are you certified through ACE or ICC? So we look at the whole gamut with everything with your department. That's awesome. So, you know, uh, again, I thank both of you for coming on. It's, it's, you know, we, I told you guys, we, an hour go fast and yeah. we stay away from here and there, you know, unfortunately Cecilia got called out today or else she would have been here. She was excited because she had all these questions on certification. Cause I know she's very, uh, uh passionate about Santa Rosa. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I, she unfortunately got called out like five minutes. Be- Me and Brian were on the, on the pre, uh, on the pre-show and, and yeah, she called and said, hey, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, that's fine. But we have enough to talk about. So, I mean, we can talk about this stuff all day because we're code nerds. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. so anyways, but uh, I really appreciate both of your times. And thank you um, for being in different time zones and accommodating our our, our webcast. Um, for those um, uh, who want to catch additional ones, they're on codeenforcementeducators.com. Uh, they're free to watch. Uh, so anytime you guys want to learn about uh, ACE certification and education uh, programs, um, you know, feel free to take a look. If you missed any information, uh, please take a look. And, you know, there's a lot of free resources on our website. Uh, we link you up to different uh, organizations, state organizations, ACE, ICC. So there's uh, a lot of uh, tutorials. So anyways, with that, uh, I really appreciate both of you. Thank you, uh, Tana Thank you. and Brian, for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you for everybody that came on. And if anybody has any questions, um, our information is on the ACE website. Please feel free to email us. We just really enjoyed it and and enjoyed talking to everybody. So thank you guys. Thank you. Thank Thank you for having us. See you later.